0: I want to, uh, for a few moments, preach to you and preach with you and allow the Lord to preach through me this title called There is a Name I Love to Hear. There is a name I love to hear. Let's look to the Lord in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this privilege and this opportunity to stand behind this sacred desk. It is a privilege and an honor, God. And I thank you for it even right now. I pray, God, that you would hide me behind the cross. That you be high and lifted up. God, that you would show up and show out. Father, that we might have an encounter with you today. God, we want to hear from you. We want to experience you. We want to feel your presence even right now. Pray, God, that you move by your spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, heavenly dove, with all your quickling might and power, and breathe afresh on us. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let me read for you our scripture again in your hearing, and then we'll get into our text. If you would, it's found in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. The Bible says, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly and favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, She was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great." and we will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this and is now, this is now the sixth month for, for who, who was called barren. For with God, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Somebody should have shouted right there. Then Mary said, Behold the maid savings of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Many years ago, a hymn writer named Charles Wyckoff penned the following words. There's a name above all others, wonderful to hear, bringing hope and cheer. It's the lovely name of Jesus, evermore the same. What a lovely name. What a lovely name. The name of Jesus. Reaching higher farther than the brightest star. Sweeter than the songs they sing in heaven. Let the world proclaim. What a lovely name. The name he refers to is the name Jesus. It is a name that we know well. It's a name that was well known in his own day. It was a common name. It was the name of one of the greatest heroes in the history of Israel, Joshua. Joshua is the Hebrew name and Jesus is the Greek name. They both mean the same thing. Jehovah is salvation. When Jesus Christ was born, In Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, there were many children in Israel named Jesus, but there was none like him. I want to draw our attention to what the angel said to Mary this morning as he visited to tell her this amazing news that she, a virgin, would give birth to the Son of God when the angel came to Mary. He told her to name the child Jesus. The angel also visited Joseph some months later to tell him the same thing. After the baby was born, when he was eight days old, Mary and Joseph took him to be circumcised. On that day, they obeyed the voice of the angel and they called the baby Jesus. I want us, I want us, I want us this morning to examine that lovely name together as we go deeper into Advent. That name Jesus tells us a lot about who He is and what He came to do in this world. As we wait on His coming, we ought to consider what His name means to us. What lovely name. First of all, first of all, his name declares his identity. It's found right there in verse 32. His, His name declares his identity. He is the son of God. The Bible says he shall be called the son of the highest. This baby would not be like any other baby. He would be the son of God, the eternal son of God who had existed with his father from eternity past. He would step into time and be born through the womb of a virgin. The ancient prophecy of Isaiah would be fulfilled in the person of Jesus. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says in Isaiah, Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And she call him, his name, Emmanuel. The name Emmanuel means God is with us. That is who he, Jesus is. He is the son of God. He is God in the human flesh. He is God with us. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that God is with us. I can't do anything without God. I need God to be with me. Anybody in the sanctuary know that they need Emmanuel in their life. I tell you, I can't do nothing without him. I need God in my life. In fact, God is in this sanctuary this morning. And you ought to acknowledge him. Somebody ought to give God some praises. He's right here in the sanctuary. God. Is in the sanctuary. He is with us. His name declares his identity. But not only that, he is the king of Israel. Look here in verse 32. It's right there in our text. The Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father David. This baby born to a humble people, to humble means, will be a direct descendant of King David. More than that, he would be, for, be the fulfillment of God's promise to King David a thousand years earlier. This baby would one day sit on the throne of David and be crowned King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Unlike every other king in the line of David, this king will reign forever and forever and forever and forever and forever. And forever. One day, this king will return in glory, and he will rule the world with a rod of iron. He is the king of Israel. He is king of kings. But not only that, can we go a little deeper in this text? I'm getting excited now. Can we go a little deeper? Y'all want to go a little deeper in this text? Come on, right here in verse 33. His name declares his identity. He is the fulfillment of the prophecy. It's right there in verse 33. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. This phrase reaches far back, beyond the time of David, to the days of Jacob. Jacob, it brings to mind the words of Jacob spoke to his son Judah before he died. Jacob says to Judah, the scepter will not depart. From Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come, and until him shall the gathering of the people be. As he lay dying, this old patriarch told Judah that his descendants will be the rulers of the people of Israel. He is told that ultimately, one known as Shiloh would come. The name shallow means he whose it is. It means that one day the supreme ruler will come. The ruler will be the possessor of the people and of all other things. Jacob goes on to say, and unto him shall be the gathering of the people. This word gathering refers to obedience, cleansing, and purging. In other words, the supreme king will be reverenced by the people. He will cleanse his people. He will purge them and claim them for his own. The baby named Jesus is the fulfillment of this prophecy. Not only that, not only that, it gets a little better. Right there in 32, it also, his name declares his identity. Look right there in verse 32. He is the champion of humanity. The angel said, he shall be great. The word means to be great in, in importance and estimation. No other birth in human history was as monumental as the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. When he came into the world, he took his place as the Lord Jesus Christ. When he came, he took his place as the greatest of the greatest. The first man was a miracle because he was made in the image of God and because God formed him from the dust of the earth and breathed into his nostril the breath of life. That man sinned and brought death, condemnation upon all of his descendants. That man brought shame, disgrace, and a curse upon the entire world, upon all his offering. The second Adam, Fixed everything the first Adam broke. When Jesus was born, God was made in the image of man. When Jesus was born, he was without sin. He lived without sin. In his death, he died for sin. The second Adam was a great miracle than the first Adam because he caused light to shine out of darkness. He caused life to spring forth from death. He calls salvation destroy condemnation. He is great and greatly to be praised. I know he is the champion of all humanity. And I know some people get mixed up, but Muhammad Ali said he is the greatest champion because he can float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. But our champion is great. He went up a Calvary mountain, stretched wide, dropped low. He died, but got up off. We serve the champion of all champions. He is undefeated. He is the greatest. Somebody ought to give the great king some great praise in the sanctuary. Don't look at me. Give the king of kings some glory. Whoa! He is great and greatly to be praised. He's great. He's great. He's great. I know he's great. Because early this morning, he stopped by my bedside. He picked me up, turned me around, put my feet on solid ground, and here I am right now. He's a great God. He's a good God. Not only that, not only that, his name, his name declares his poverty. This text, oh my God. Let me slow down. I got so many blood capsules busting up in my head. His name declares his poverty. Right there in verses 26 to 28, it's right there in the text. The Bible tells us that the angel came to a young maiden girl named Mary. We know that she was engaged to a man named Joseph. That's what the story is about, who was a carpenter by trade. We know that Jesus was born into a meager <laughs> a family. When, he exam- when we examined his birth, we learned that he was born in a manger. When, we- when he was born, his mother laid him in a trough-, a trough used to feed barnyard animals. She was forced to do this because there was no room for them in the inn. The ancient inn was a seedy place where poor travelers would seek Lodging for the night. The family of Jesus could not afford luxury. They were forced to go where the poor went. Sounds like my background when I was coming up. We had to struggle from time to time just to put food on our plates. But I thank God that Jesus is acquainted with our grief, He knows about our situation. And I thank God that his name declares his poverty. But not only that, they were forced to spend the night with animals. In another place, uh, they were forced to spend the night uh, uh, with animals and, and, and that where Mary labored and delivered the Son of God. The name Jesus is a name associated with poverty. That name reminds us of the sacrifices he made for his people. The Bible says, for ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes and my sakes, he became poor that ye through his poverty may be rich. And somebody ought to give God some praises because you sit right in here. You may not have money. You might have more a month than you have money, but you are rich in Christ. You got heaven on your side. You... <laughs> Woo! Woo! <laughs> mm. It reminds us, While he was the creator of all things, while he lived here, he possessed nothing that wasn't given to him by others. While he lived, nearly every significant event utilized something that was borrowed or that he had been or had been attended for someone else's use. He borrowed a boat from which he preached. He borrowed a house in which he lived. He borrowed a donkey on which he rode. He borrowed a room in which he celebrated the Passover. He borrowed a cross on which he died. He borrowed a tomb on which he was buried. He gave up his claim to all things so that we might be given all things. And I declare unto you, you ought to give God some praises because he emptied himself. God gave his very best and he came down, emptied himself that we might have all things. He who made it all, who owns it all, willingly laid it all down so that people like you and me who had nothing could to be made the heirs of all things praise God for his poverty through it we are rich Woo. Woo. I know you ain't got enough money for all the toys and the stuff you want to get. I know you might not have enough, but you are rich in Christ. You got so many blessings, one after count your blessings, one after another. If you just start counting them, here you are today in your right mind, you could have been crazy, dead and gone. You are rich in Christ. <laughs> you are rich. In Christ, I'll never forget, I'll never forget, I was in seminary one day, and the instructor said, many of you don't even know how rich you are in Christ. You look at the cross, so I'm ask you what happened at the cross. You say, hey, Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again. But there's a whole lot of other blessings that happened. You are heirs, joint heirs. You are peculiar people. You are royal priesthood. You are sitting in Christ in high places right now. You are rich in Christ. Stop looking at your situation right now. Get off of right now and look at where you're positioned in Christ. You are sitting in riches. He went away to prepare matches for We got a mansion stored up. Oh! Mmm. His name declared his poverty. But I like this text. Can we go a little deeper in this text? Can we go a little deeper? Anybody want to go a little deeper? Because there's some more riches in here that we need to extrapolate and pull out of here. Somebody needs to hear this. God sent me all the way from 50 Granite Run Mall that you might hear this word this morning. And I declare unto you, I'm not going to leave anything on the table. Hallelujah. His name declares his ministry. It's right there in verse 31. The angel tells Mary... To name her baby Jesus. This name means Jehovah is salvation. His name declares his ministry in this world. His name tells us why he came. When the angel came to Joseph, he said, name that baby Jesus. And he shall bring forth a son. And thou shalt call him Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. How would this baby accomplish the salvation of his people? He would accomplish it by going to the cross in their place where he would be judged by God in their stead. Jesus did not come to this world only to teach. Though no one ever taught like him. Jesus did not come into this world to heal only though he healed every sickness he ever encountered. Jesus did not come into this world to only raise the dead, though he broke up every funeral he ever attended. Jesus did not come into this world, hallelujah, to perform only miracles, though he accomplished many during his time. Jesus came into this world to die on an old rugged cross, and to give his life a ransom for sinners. Jesus came to this world to die for those he loved. I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd giving his life for the sheep. Every second, Jesus lives. From the second he was conceived, he was born to die until he cried in his finish and yielded up his spirit, it was for the purpose leading him to Calvary, to make it even more personal. You are the reason he left heaven. You are the reason he took up humanity. You are the reason he lived. You are the reason he died. You are the reason he rose again. He came here for you. He came here for you. Jesus left Calvary. He left heaven just for you. I thank God. I thank God because the Bible says I came I came that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. When we say the name of Jesus, we are calling to mind the great price he paid to save us. We are remembering his his boundless, unconditional love. We are calling to mind his selfless sacrifice for us. When we breathe that name, we are talking about God who loved us so much that he bore our sin in his own body on the cross. I thank God for that. Not only does his name declare his identity, not only does his name declare his poverty, not only does his name declare his ministry, can I go a little deeper? His name declares his glory. The angel tells us, That Mary, her son, angel tells her that her son will reign. The word refers to a king, one who rules in majesty and glory. This reminds us again that Mary, baby, would be no ordinary baby. This reminds us that Mary was giving birth to a king of kings and lord of lords while Jesus lived in this world. No one recognized his majesty, his glory, or his authority. No one really saw him for who he was. Some looked at him and saw a poor Jewish carpenter. Some looked at him and saw a revolutionary, one who stirred up the people. One. Some looked at him as a healer. Some looked at him and saw an earthly king. Some looked at him and saw an innocent man. A few looked at him and saw the Son of God. And a few looked at him and saw a righteous man. No one saw him for who he really was. Peter, James and John got a caught of his glimpse, glimpse of his glory on the Mount Transfiguration. But even they did not fully understand just who Jesus was. He lived and died as God walking among. Men, very few even had the slightest idea who he was. All that will change one day, my sisters and brothers, there is coming a day when the entire world will know who he is. A day when everyone will know who King Jesus is. When he returns in glory, his enemies will know. When he reigns in glory, everyone will know. One day, the name of Jesus will be proclaimed from the throne of heaven. When that precious name is uttered, The knee of every saint and angel will bow down in worship and reverence. The knee of every sinner will bow down in acknowledgment of his lordship and glory. And the knee of every demon and Satan himself will bow down in recognition that Jesus Christ is Lord. What a day that will be. When we say his name, when we sing his name, when we pray his name, when we shout his name, when we whisper his name, we proclaim the greatest name that has ever fallen upon the earth is of all humanity. What a lovely name, the name of Jesus. At the mention of that name, hell trembles, Satan flees. Sin is defeated. Captives are delivered. Fear gives way to peace. Hopelessness is swallowed up in victory. The lost are found. The blind see. And the dead live. What a lovely name. The name of Jesus. At the mention of that name, drunkards are made sober. Harlots are made pure. Addicts are delivered from their addictions, and the lost are saved, and new life begins. What a lovely name, the name of Jesus. That name marks the difference between heaven and hell, between life and death, between hope and despair, between sin and salvation, between judgment and forgiveness, between the grace of God and his condemnation. What a lovely name that is. The name of Jesus. Thank God for that lovely name. He is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. There is a name I love to hear. I love to sing his word. It sounds like music in my ear, the sweetest name on earth. It tells me of a Savior's love who died to set me free. It tells me of his precious blood, the sinner's perfect place. Jesus! Jesus, Jesus, there's just something about that name. Jesus, 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 Master, Savior, Jesus, there's something about that name. Like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, that all heaven and earth proclaim. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away. But there's just something about that name. Somebody ought to give God some praises. There's something about that name. In the morning, I call his name. In the noonday, I call his name. In the midnight, I call his name. Somebody ought to call the name of Jesus right now. You know your situation. You know what you're going through. You've been calling everybody else up. You've been on the phone talking to everyone else. You ought to call on the name of of Jesus. So hallelujah. Hallelujah. I like this, y'all. I like this story. I like this text because not only that, it's so much more in here. Not only his name explosive, but I like what the angel challenges Mary. Mary, can you understand what God is getting ready to do in you? Can you, a phantom, can you receive what God wants to do in you. And some of us right here in the sanctuary are right there in Mary's stage. We're right there. God wants to birth something in you. God wants to do something supernatural in you, but he can't get it through you because of your fear and your lack of faith. God wants to birth something through you, and you keep holding back. You keep standing in your reservation and hesitation. You ought to let God... Birth that thing in you. It's coming forth. God wants to come forth. He wants to show you that there's nothing impossible for God. You ought to trust God. There's nothing. There's nothing impossible for God. Some of you are right there at that stage. God is saying, listen, I want to do this through you. What is that area? What is God doing in your life that he's been challenging you over and over again? I like this. I like this text. It goes contrary to a lot of men, too. You know, men think that a woman can't handle the word. But look what the Bible does. The Bible shows us totally contrary. Where did the word come first? To a woman. The word of God came through a woman. God trusted her so much that he allowed her to carry and nurture the word of God. Hallelujah. I thank God, woman, you got a word in you. You better let God speak it through you and birth that word. Stop holding back. I had to learn the hard word. I thought I knew everything. I thought I was the only one that knew the word until I realized that the Lord speaks through my wife too. She holds the word of God in her. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. What a lovely name. The name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you so much that the story shows us God, that you can do the extraordinary through ordinary people. That God, you're acquainted with our poverty. That your name declares your identity. Your name declares, God, your ministry. And your name declares your glory. We thank you, Father, that someone right now, you want to birth something through them. I know it sounds strange and it's out of the ordinary. And they would never think that you would use them to do it. But God, Mary illustrates to us during this Christmas season God, you can take anybody and use them for your glory. It's not about what side of the track you're on. Mary was on the other side of the track. She was down in the slums. In fact, folks says, could anything good come out of Nazareth? Well, we realize and recognize the greatest came out of Nazareth. And God, I pray even right now for each person as we go through this Advent season, as we are waiting, as you are challenging us in our faith, God, those areas where you want us to break through, where you want us to trust you, where you want us to go to the next level, I pray that we would cry out like Mary, be unto me. Whatever your will is, Lord, whatever your will is, I say yes. Yes, Lord, I'll trust you. If it's out on the ocean or on dry land, I'll trust you. Father, have your way today. Thank you for your word. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.